Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we yell our questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. I really nailed that intro today. The secret is that I woke up early and started drinking. <laughs> you woke up early and started practicing. <laughs> yes. As I, all I do all week is sit at my computer and say that phrase over and over again until it feels natural. Yes. And I would bet neither of you could say it at all. That's true. Uh, I've already forgotten what it is, so yes. Yeah. Accurate. I've got high and welcome to, etc., etc., etc. The rest yes. isn't important. I mean, I think we all do that thing that pretty much all humans do, which is whenever somebody starts talking and it seems like they're going to go for a while, you just kind of check out for a bit. Yeah. You wait for your turn to talk. I guess. First yeah. you say, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you say your thing that you were planning on saying the whole time. <laughs> Although it is a little transparent when you do that, when it's like, the thing that you are talking about re- like relates to the first sentence of the thing I said, but not really any of the rest of it. Yes. <clears throat> or when you ask a question in there and the other person's like, wow, yeah, I know what you mean. So anyway, <laughs> you're like, yeah. mm, you didn't listen so hard, you didn't even hear that there was a question. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, Jeff. So, I mean, all I ask is that if you're going to check out of this podcast that you just let me stop making it. <laughs> uh, I will let you know when I check in to any podcast that I've ever made in my life. Mm, Dunstan checks in, am I right? Oh, yeah, please. I'm a real orangutan. Mm-hmm. Ladies. <laughs> Put that on your Tinder profile. Yeah. Oh, that would be pretty good. Um, out here uh, hung, hung like an orangutan, whatever oh, that, that means. Don't say that. No. People will read it and just that, be baffled. They'll be no, like, they I don't know. Jeff, be that horrifying. means one very specific thing. <laughs> but, like, do you know if an orangutan has a big dick or not? The point is, like, any time that the very first impression you make on someone is with your dick, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. You know, the movie uh, Any Which Way But Loose, starring yes. an orangutan... Uh, it was the number one box office movie when I was born in the United States, which is why I always say the number one movie was Superman, because that was the number one in the UK. I see. I do not oh, want right. it to be any which way but loose. It has to be... I think it makes sense to have it be the country where you were born. Does that affect the number one hit on the charts? Yes, it does, actually. Um, I don't remember what it is, but one of them... I think the UK was a fucking Christmas carol of some kind that charted <laughs> in December. Christmas carols chart in I the UK all the time. It's so wild. Yeah, I will I, not. So it's like mm, the One Direction cover of Little Drummer Boy is number one. Like they chart why in is the US too. This um, they they don't hit number one though. Yeah, for not, God's not sake. the same way. Like, uh, all I want for Christmas is you. Hits usually will hit number one at some point in December, but that's it. How do people still need to keep buying this this song? Uh, I think it counts radio plays as well and streams. That's cheating. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I mean, that's how things get up on the charts, isn't it? Aside from just sales. I thought it was just sales. Isn't that what Billboard is? It's just sales, or am I crazy? Yeah, aren't you voting with your dollar? I will buy this single, you say. If not, this is not a representative democracy anymore. We should overthrow the government. Mm, I've I'm been kidding, saying, I'm kidding, I've, fair I, use parody. I've been saying this. <laughs> in Minecraft, you've been saying this. Yes, in the hit video game Minecraft, I've been saying that we should do this as a 
part of the gameplay mm-hmm. and not in I real life. I think that life. there should be a, 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 a mechanic in Minecraft where you can overthrow the government of Minecraft. That would be good. Is there one? A government or a mechanic to overthrow it? Uh, one and then the other. <laughs> no, they're I mean, they're a dragon. They're there's an agra- They're an agrarian society. There's a dragon. Yeah. Yes, there there's a, a dragon. dragon. There's yeah. a that's, that's the, the final dragon. boss of Minecraft. There's a boss in Minecraft. <laughs> I thought yeah. you just had to build things forever in a mm. shitty landscape. Well, no. you don't know enough tweens. <laughs> that is, uh, I, I think that most people have the impression of Minecraft that creative mode is, like, the main thing of it, uh, mm. but that is just, I think, the main thing of it if you want to show off on YouTube. The real main thing of it is survival mode, which is where you have health and a hunger meter, and you have to fight enemies, and if you explore enough, you can find the items necessary to build portals to two other realms, including one containing a dragon, who you can kill, and then make the credits roll. Huh. This is all new information to me, wow. I know there's like a hell dimension where you can go and fight uh, tortured souls in hell or something, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. You should watch a speed run of Minecraft sometime. They're wild. Also, they're run by like eleven-year-olds. <laughs> it's very, it's very bizarre because yeah. every speed run, like every ADQ or whatever mm-hmm. uh, SDQ, they always do like a ton of old SNES games run by very sad thirty-year-olds, mm-hmm. and then two games will be Fortnite and. Um, Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft, and it will be the only two people there under 20, and they're both, like, nine. <laughs> yeah. No um, I like when they do a Super Metroid run, and the audience gets to vote on whether they save the animals. I think that's played out. That's t- they, they make too much of a big deal about that, and... I don't think anyone gives a shit anymore. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think, I think, I just think that it's fun that that became a question because hmm. say the animals being saved is the canonical ending for the game, but you can make your run like two seconds shorter if you don't save them. <laughs> That's true. Did you see the, um, the game theory video about how saving the animals makes you actually like the bad guy of the series. Oh yeah, they become an invasive species or something. Blech. Well, the the whole plot of the um Metroid Prime series or something, one of the other Metroid series is is that like the the actual danger to the universe is because there's a virus that is causing animals to get angry. Um rabies. And it's I- called rabies. Basically, yes, and that's why, like, when you're fighting on in Metroid, in Super Metroid, you're fighting, you're not just fighting against Metroids, you're fighting against other things, because there's this virus that is, like, killing the whole universe, and by letting those few animals escape the planet, you are letting them communicate that virus to the rest of the universe, and thus ensuring the extinction of life as we know it. It's mm. probably fine. Hopefully Metroid Dread will touch on some of these pressing plot elements. Yeah. I think it's good, though, because like you say, that's the canonical ending, and that's why there are more games in the series, because then you can go and fight monsters on other planets. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I like, like, it's interesting, because with Metroid, where uh, Metroid Prime is a different thing, it has like an unrelated story, but with the main series, we're uh, now awaiting the fifth game, and each game has, like, a plot that is, I would say, skeletal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. But, like, the implications of the things you do in each game are then explored in the next game. And that's yes. always very cool. Uh, like, okay. there's consequences in Super Metroid from you in Metroid 2 going and killing all the Metroids. Right. And then That's s- why the virus is taking off, because the Metroids yeah. are like a natural predator for this virus or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then you uh, delivering the baby Metroid to the Space Federation after having killed all the Metroids, it creates the bad guy in Metroid Fusion. Uh, oh it's very... I, 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 I think that that is a, a cool thing that is different than how Nintendo usually approaches storytelling in their games. Does it yep. give you a weird defeatist feeling as you're playing the game to know that to beat the game correctly, you're probably going to make things worse in the universe? No. Okay. I think that there's actually quite a lot of video games, I think more so even than movies, video games are comfortable with doing that thing where no matter how good you play it, the true ending is the that the villain wins. Yeah, but usually they're presented in a very upbeat way, like you're doing the right thing. You, know? you probably are doing the right thing in the Metroid games. It's hmm. just that it, it's still not going to save everyone. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a lot like life if you think about it. That's true. It's it's just like obviously all the Metroids should be killed. They're like some kind of bio weapon that the space pirates are using to take over the universe. And they look real gross. Yeah, and they're gross looking. Like <laughs> ew. But then you find, but then you find out that the Metroids were made by the Chozo. Uh, and they're the only predators of some kind of yellow goo called Parasite X. Yep. Mm. <sighs> Metroid's so anyway, stupid. We don't need to do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember when the big plot twist in Metroid was that she's a girl? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the end of the first game? <laughs> yeah. Like I I realized that at the time that was like, whoa, this hero was a girl the whole time. But now that just seems so like. I, I would imagine, I want to see one of those YouTube videos of, like, young people reacting to old people shit, of just, like, people being like, so wait, what's the twist? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, uh, well, I, in general, want to see, like, a 14-year-old try and beat Metroid for the NES in under three hours. I don't think I could do that, because it's so busted and difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that, like, would not even, ri- you'd you'd see Samus take her helmet off and be like, yeah. <laughs> so, Am I supposed to know who this listen, is? <laughs> I don't think we're so far. I don't think we've come so far in equality that it's uh, not shocking that it's a woman in that spacesuit. I think I mean, everyone I, knows, though. It's sort of yeah, like the yeah, fact the fact true. that Planet well, of the Apes takes place on Earth is not a twist anymore either. <laughs> I, I don't mean to say like it's not shocking that the hero is a woman because yes, you're right. There aren't enough female protagonists in video. Games. Oh wow, you're shocked but by to- that, Matt. But okay. to make hmm. <laughs> what? You're, what? Just the mean? villain based on nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, grammatically makes sense with the words I said. Yeah, no, I I just think that it's normal for a woman to be the hero. Maybe I'm just different. <laughs> oh, it's you, weird that you just said that you think that women shouldn't have jobs, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Ah oh, shoot. No, they could uh, <laughs> in their free time. After their I, careers. <laughs> I didn't realize that we could put each other on blast by just making up things that, that they said. No, I was twisting your actual words. You weren't. None of my words, like, in the order I said them, don't make sense with what you said. Yeah, the order is what I twisted. 
twisted. I've become the Joker. Yeah, I'm damaged. I have damaged tattooed on my forehead. Anyway, I, I, I do think it's surprising to be like, oh, look, this hero is a woman. But to make that yes. such a big twist at the end, like, oh my god! Well, to be fair... It's kind of counterproductive. A lot of Nintendo games, or even computer games at the time, the big reveal might be seeing your main character's face. Because That's true. that wasn't easy to render, and they usually didn't bother to render a big, like, full-screen pixelated person. No, you just look at, you look at the box art. That's how you know what they look like. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, I love when uh, the that, colors would be wrong and everything, uh, and you're like, I don't weird understand. cleft chin bro on the cover of the first Mega Man game. God, but yeah, <laughs> yes. the yellow pajamas Mega Man. Oh my god, <laughs> what was he supposed to be? He's yeah, a guy. Have they even <laughs> seen the game? Uh, Probably I- not. I mean, they probably saw the game and none of the Japanese, like, concept art that looks pretty much like the game just drawn, uh, and had to be like, alright, we gotta, we gotta Logan's run this up a little bit, we gotta make it like an American sci-fi movie. Yep. Now, as far as I can tell, Gutsman is the hero, (laughs) so I'm gonna make him the main element of the box art. Well, Guts uh, is a positive how... quality, so... It's true. Funny. Better than Rockman. What is that about? Anyway, go yeah. on, loser. It's funny in retrospect that we didn't know Samus was a woman, because that game uh, uh, conceptually is just a, a complete ripoff of Alien. Yeah. that's Yes, that is true. And we did know that Samus was a woman. I mean, even then, I think everyone like, the rumor got around before the game was even released in Probably. the US, I think. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones where, like, there's not text on screen that tells you. You just get to see her in a one-piece uh, bathing suit if you beat the game in under, like, an hour or something. Yeah, what is this, leisure suit Larry? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the horniest thing that's in an official first-party Nintendo product, I believe. Mm, I don't know, did sense. you see Link in those shorts? Mm, true. Xenoblade <laughs> Chronicles 2. Did you see, did you see oh, Mario's man. nipples? <laughs> Uh, Mario's, Mario's nipples are fully chased. They are not a horny aspect of that game. <laughs> You're not chased. the one to judge that, Jeff! Okay, by by his nipples being chased, <laughs> you mean that they are uh, very lightly tapped with a hammer to make them textured out of brass? Oh, no, I meant that people are constantly running after him trying to get him. <laughs> um, I think oh, Paul, Paulina singing that song is the horniest part of Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> You're telling on yourself now, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Jeff, what did you do this week? God, I don't even know. Uh, I made an ice cream, but we've been... Have we been talking about making ice creams? We haven't. We've been teasing that we're gonna talk about making yeah, ice creams. Yeah, you can creams. just go for it, I think. Okay, I'm gonna go for it. Uh, so I started with the Ben & Jerry's Sweet Cream Base... Uh, and then Louisa said, I'm in charge of what ice cream everyone's making this weekend, and told us we had to make an ice cream expressing the theme of America. Yep. Uh-uh. Which is difficult because America yeah. sucks. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing. I wanted it to be vague enough, like it would be on Great British Bake Off, where you're like, uh, I guess I could go in any direction with this. So yep. I came up with several ideas and then was like, mm, this kind of celebrates America's history of slavery, though. Oh, that's no. the problem. Yeah, yeah well, it's most trap. most foods in America have a very problematic past, unfortunately. That's true. Mm. My first instinct was to uh, do a red, white, and blue bomb pop ice cream, but that would be better as like a sherbet or something. 
Yeah. Uh, so I didn't bother pursuing that also, beyond the thought. Also, you'd have to make three different ice creams. Yes. Who has time for that? True. Uh, so instead, I started with Ben & Jerry's Sweet Cream Base Number 1, subbed out the whole milk for buttermilk. Uh, so I made a buttermilk ice cream base, added to it in the towards the end of the churn uh, dried cranberries. Nice. Um, which a little bit of their flavor sort of seeped into the ice cream itself, which was really nice. A little bit of that sweetness and tartness. Um, Do you get plain flavor or cinnamon or orange? I know there's a few different flavors. Of craisins, I just got yeah. regular. Okay, that's good. It's pretty incredible how much that sweet cream base will take flavors. I made a uh, black tea ice cream a little while ago, uh, and all I did was I cooked the cream base, uh, like I heated it up to boiling, and then I put a few tea bags in it for like mm, 15 minutes uh, before I put it in the ice cream maker to cool it. And uh, yeah, it tasted a lot like tea- black tea. It's yeah. so good. Uh, I... Then, well, not then, before I made the ice cream, we're going to flash back and reveal the secret history of this project. Mm, the ice cream was a woman. <laughs> yeah, the, I, the ice cream takes its helmet off, turns out it's a woman in a one-piece bathing suit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I found a recipe for cornbread that used uh, nixtamalized corn, which is corn that has been treated with... Uh, and acid to change its flavor profile and nutrition. Uh, this is a process that is traditional to North and Central America, uh, predating mm-hmm. the arrival of Europeans. Um, I will say, I think it's actually an alkaline, but other than that, yes. Yeah, well, I don't know the difference between chemicals. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's some kind of lime, but it's not like the juice of the fruit lime. It's uh, yeah. not the poisonous mineral either. <laughs> Um, it's, but they, it's treated this way, and that is, uh, how tortillas are made, uh, corn tortillas. Uh, so I, I have a bag of this flour that is usually used for making tortillas, so I was like, I bet I could make cornbread with this, because, uh, cornbread is, you know, a traditional food that, again, I wanted to do stuff that was, like, uh... Native to the Americas. Exactly. Like, yeah. stuff that stuff that expressed the land we live on, rather than uh, the bunch Colonialization of... Colonialization of it. Exactly. Then the... Gotcha. What, what you call it? The, uh, you know, bunch of business guys who came here and were like, mm, we don't want to pay taxes, so we're going to throw this tea mm-hmm. away. Or whatever. Traders, I think we call them. Yeah. Uh, well, I think you call them that, <laughs> yep. based on based on your history. Uh, I mean, it turns out that anyone who is involved in business in any way is a traitor to the human race. Yeah, that's Ooh, true. Got you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I f- assumed that you had already meant traitor to the crown, uh, and not traitor with a D. Yeah, no, we all know I meant traitor with a T. I, okay, cool. Uh <laughs> So I, I, I googled around, I'm like, alright, I think corn and cranberries are the two, like, North American uh, crops that w- would make sense. I don't think it would be, probably wouldn't. Yeah, that's why the Native Americans were so hungry, because all they had was corn and cranberries. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could make, like, beans ice cream work, or tobacco. No, okra. Okra ice cream. <laughs> Tobacco ice cream. Uh, Pumpkin would work pretty good, though. Yeah, I think I could have made, like, a squash or a sweet potato ice cream work. Yeah, 
I, I spent a little while thinking about making a summer squash ice cream because I've had that before. They they have it at Terrain sometimes, which is a restaurant in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Or not in Pennsylvania. Um, uh, but I felt like that was a little too basic. And I love a mix-in. I want there to be something you could mix in. Yep, exactly. Uh, and I my initial thought was, I'm going to do like a corn base, like a sweet corn base and uh, pemmican mix-in. But it's... Ooh. Uh, it's really hard to find, like, if I had more time to source ingredients, I would have found, like, venison, or, uh, even just, yeah, like... Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't, isn't pemmican made with, like, beef tallow or something? Uh, it's, it's meat, <laughs> it is, s- yes. some kind of meat fat, and fruit, Berries, and sometimes right nuts. Uh, so I was thinking, either I'll order this, like bison and cranberry uh nutrition bar off amazon see if i could do that maybe make some like venison bacon or something and see if that would work uh but pemmican ice cream was beyond my capability having only like two days to do this uh so i i made this cornbread tasted great was not battery it was like the consistency of cookie dough (laughs) Well, that's good. You should not put batteries in your ice cream. Oh, well, how are you going to get get it all fizzy, though? You need that pop. <laughs> no, you... Yeah, has a, you're making energy ice cream. <laughs> I've thrown wait, all... Wait, 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 wait. Hold wait, on. Wait. Yeah, actually. Hold on. Yeah. Well, putting this... pemmican in already makes it energy ice cream, right? Yeah. Could we put a bunch of caffeine in ice cream and sell it to people? Absolutely, yes. I have I have liquid caffeine. I could make a, like, monster energy, like a Red Bull ice cream. I have guarana syrup also. Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh, Red Bull ice Hold cream. Hold on, next ice cream. I'm looking up caffeinated ice cream. Uh, I think my next ice cream is probably going to be guarana ice cream. <laughs> Um, Man, a lot of people just put espresso in the ice cream. This isn't a new Yeah, concept. I'm not talking about coffee-flavored ice cream. I'm talking about regular ice cream that has caffeine in yeah, it. Rockstar like ice cream. cream. <laughs> so you sit down with a bowl of ice cream to just pound it and get your energy that way? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it evens like... you out. You end up at normal energy because you're tired from eating a whole bowl of dairy. <laughs> Uh, guys, there is a place, a, go to bangicecream.com. Oh, I like the Bang Energy drinks. I didn't know they made ice cream. Yeah, they do. One scoop, one scoop of this ice cream equals one energy drink. Oh, this is, (laughs) this is not the same company. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh my god. Why? I guess you can't copyright Bang. One spoon included. You do not have time to think about this. I can't. One scoop equals one energy drink is crazy because these containers yeah, definitely contain more than a scoop, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, imagine, imagine getting going to the grocery store and getting one of these, not knowing it was an energy thing, and then sitting down feeling depressed at the end of the day, as we all do, and watching a lot of I don't know Grey's Anatomy or whatever, and eating a whole th- a whole pint of this, and then your heart starts racing and you have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> Uh, they only sell it in the Midwest. It's probably illegal everywhere else. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, oh, boy, we got so. Didn't they shut down? Didn't they shut down Four Loco because it was like, oh, or not Four Loco? Was it? Yeah, yeah, Four, Four Loco. Loco. Because uh, it was like marketing energy drinks and alcohol to kids. They thought was that the reason why they shut that down? No, that the the combination of caffeine and alcohol is supposedly dangerous. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it was. Yeah, your body doesn't understand what's happening to it fast enough for you to not overdose on it. I think. 
Mm, my body the understands. Oh, okay. um, in 2010, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. 2010, they removed the caffeine, taurine, and guarana. Uh, so now it's just like a normal sugary beverage that gets you extremely drunk extremely quickly. <laughs> instead of also then making you uh, have the the power and uh, willpower to flip over a beer pong table. Right. I. I find that the thing that gets me drunkest the quickest these days is uh, hard seltzer. Mm. I don't know why, but it's not even that high alcohol content, but it gets you drunk so fast. Maybe it's because I only ever drink it when I'm, like, standing around in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you drink regular flavored seltzers a lot, so you trained yourself to be like, this is nothing. I guess so. I mean, you could definitely tell that it's got alcohol in it, though, yeah. as you're drinking it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like ones. what you just said is like saying, like, oh yeah, no, you drink a lot of juice, that's why wine doesn't affect you. Yeah, uh, wine doesn't affect you. Right? It's, <laughs> uh, it, it's the, um, it's, I think it's the effect of just, like, you're not expecting it to hit you, but it is as alcoholic as, like, a beer. Yeah, I think what it really is, is that it's so refreshing that you're drinking it and you're like, mm, this is like quenching my thirst, and mm-hmm. so you drink it faster than you would something that you're just uh, drinking for the flavor or for the drunkenness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, I put cornbread in, I crumbled cornbread into the ice cream at the end, and uh, did, was not sure how it would taste, but the cornbread was very sweet, and I eliminated the all-purpose flour in place of more corn flour, uh, and so it is, uh, the flavors are primarily, uh, corn, the brown, crunchy bottom of the cornbread, because I cooked it in a cast iron and made it with brown butter, um, mm. and, uh, the sweetness of dried cranberries, uh, very good, mm. I think. Nice. Yeah, sounds, sounds good. Sounds really good. Um, did you consider making the the base corn flavored? Because when we were when this thing came up, the first thing I thought of was, "What if I made a corn, like a sweet corn ice cream base?" I initially thought that when I was uh, in the in the pemmican headspace that I was going to do mm. a corn base and then pemmican chunks or swirls or whatever. Um, yeah. But then when I decided like cornbread and cranberries, that's going to be the thing. Um, then I was just like, no, I'm going to do a normal one and then just swirl them in. That's good. I like the contrast. As we've been talking about making ice creams in our Discord lately, Jen and I have had a lot of conversations about, like, what would be good ice cream flavors. It's very bizarre how often those ice cream flavors end up in the, like, fall flavor space. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Jeff, yours is very, like, Thanksgiving-y and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, ice cream is a summer thing. But yeah. most of the flavor profiles that I come up with end up being fall, I guess just because it's, like, custard flavors. Yeah, the thing is, if you want to use really fresh fruits and vegetables, um, you can't really layer those too much because you'll lose the essence of them. It's very ephemeral. Whereas if you're going to be, like, praline and pumpkin and caramel and chocolate chips, like, you can do all that because it can stand up to it with fall Yeah, flavors. that's true. <clears throat> I thought about trying to make watermelon flavor in mm-hmm. there, but uh, you'd have to, like, either use artificial flavor or really reduce down the watermelon juice to get any flavor out of it whatsoever. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. I haven't tried it. Yeah. Uh, I think if I was going to do, like, a watermelon or something, I would probably buy a flavor concentrate. Yeah, see, I don't think that that's a good way to go with ice cream, because... 
as we talked about, that sweet cream base is so sensitive. I feel like artificial flavors would taste really artificially. Yeah, I'd be worried about that too. No, I would go for an, a natural, like a, a watermelon essential oil. <laughs> Don't say <laughs> that. Thing. Just, ah, see, here's the thing. That sounds crazy. We all agree. But when there are waters flavored with watermelon essence and they're like all natural flavors, what what is what's in there? <laughs> what's in there that makes it taste like watermelon then? It's I mean, something. I would have... I would imagine what they do is they take a bunch of watermelon and, like, puree it and then just cook it down until it's concentrated. I guess so, but I'm talking about the um, store-bought prepackaged stuff, so, like, it's perfectly clear water, but it's watermelon-flavored, natural flavors. Yeah, they they use that that perfume machine that Jelly Belly (laughs) uses to make fake (laughs) fruit flavors in there or whatever. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe. It is a good idea, though. Yeah. Um, What did you do this week, Matt? So I have been getting into, um, I, I've been, like, having a lot of stuff to do at work lately, especially boring stuff, like going through spreadsheets and things, uh, and so I started watching old episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm. Uh, I've been going through all of the sci-fi channel episodes from the beginning, mm-hmm. And I'm having the experience, which I I had when I was a very young kid with Saturday morning cartoons, where every Saturday I would watch the Mega Man cartoon show to call back to that, or like, um, I don't know, like the Carmen Sandiego cartoon show or whatever. And I would be so upset if I ever missed a week, because even if I didn't miss a week, they would often be like, all right, well, we just finished up uh, fighting against this thing now let's move on to whatever and i'd be like i don't remember them fighting against that thing did i miss something like the continuity doesn't add up yeah um and i found out as an adult that they just did that <laughs> like they didn't <laughs> yeah they just they showed them act- in whatever order yeah no. yeah no, not even they showed them in whatever order they would just reference things they never did <laughs> <laughs> or like <laughs> like episodes would end on a cliffhanger that would just never be resolved it would just move on <laughs> um and uh, they do that with Mystery Science Theater as well, which I didn't realize until I started doing this rewatch, and it's very frustrating. I was watching episodes, and there's just one where they're like, well, as you know, we have to take these space children home. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching every episode. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, um, but stuff. anyway, Mystery Science Theater is a good show, and the host segments where it's Mike and the bots talking to Pearl and brain guy and uh professor bobo are the worst part of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm, yes some of them i really like though like when they're all trying to have uh, those pods take over everyone's brain (laughs) yes they they are clearly very funny comedy writers but the thing that they find funny is the dumbest jokes (laughs) yeah that's true and so often the t- oftentimes I'm like, like when I was younger, I, those were the only parts I cared about. And now I'm often like, oh, okay, another host segment, and then we can get back to the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I also don't, I've never liked the host segments. Yeah. They are, I, I'm not quite sure what they're there for, to be honest. I mean, I guess that's why, like, Rift Tracks and Cinematic Titanic and all those ones never had them, because... It seems like a remnant of when Joel Hodgson invented the show and him being like, oh, well, I want to get some prop comedy in here, though. <laughs> yes. Well, plus it also helped them break stuff up for commercials, which they don't have to worry about in these other formats. Yeah. That's true, but they do 
they don't always, I mean, like, they have commercials even without the host segment sometimes. Yes, that's true now, but originally they didn't. They don't have commercials anymore because they're a streaming, uh, streaming service only program. Yes, yes. that's true. Um, I do appreciate there are some people out there who have made it an effort to post episodes on YouTube uh, the, of the ones that you can't find anywhere else, which is yeah, good. That's nice. That is nice, yeah. Um, there's always been like a keep circulating the tapes uh, ethos amongst the community, and I'm glad that that's still going on. Yeah, I think Joel, I think Joel uh, tacitly encourages that as well. Yes, I, I do know there are sometimes copyright takedowns uh, initiated by the companies that own X, Y, or Z media or whatever, but the actual people who make Mystery Science Theater have always sort of been like, uh, of the of the opinion that anything that grows the community is a good thing. Yeah. Which, which I think is a good attitude to have. I think it would be hard to be a copyright troll when your entire career is built on just showing a movie someone else made and talking during it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but they do pay those people. Yeah. <laughs> they aren't just, that's true. They aren't just taking them uh, for free. Although I always think about... I just watched Time Chasers a couple days ago, and I always <laughs> I think about... One. The story that they told on interviews where they were going to do Time Chasers and the people who made the movie were called them up and were excited, like, oh, we can't wait to watch. And then after they watched it, the people were very angry that they made so much fun of the movie. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, you're bad movie. <laughs> what did you we think they were going to do? <laughs> you think this was the first time they were ever going to be like, wow, we can't make fun of this one, you guys. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, I I I kind of like the idea of them making fun of good movies sometimes. Well, they do that now. They've done yeah. with riff tracks. They've done yeah. like Casablanca, and which is not as good a movie as everyone says it is. But oh, hot take generator over here! I think I've talked about this before, but it's weird watching Casablanca now. How unbelievably reprehensible every character is. <laughs> you yeah. just. There's no one to like in that yeah. movie, except for Sam, who leaves halfway through. That's noir. <laughs> yeah. Sure. At, least with, at least with some noir things, like, the hero maybe is sort of complicated, but interesting. But fucking um, Humphrey Bogart in that movie just sucks so bad. <laughs> and his friend is a rapist, and he's like, oh, you're raping again, buddy? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You can't do that! This yeah. is our hero! They had a short type of shorthand for, oh, this guy's friend with, friends with dirtbags at the time. So it's just mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, this is too dirtbag. You're not, you're not making it fun. Yeah, the fact that you were introduced to um, the guy who's like the Border Patrol agent, the this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship guy at the end. Mm-hmm. The, you are introduced to him by him be, by him being in a room with a woman and her husband who are begging for their lives to escape the Nazis, and he's like, I could probably help you if your wife stays here with me tonight. What? Yeah. This is a good guy in your movie? <laughs> what the fuck, man? Oh, man? Holy shit. So anyway, they've done some good movies in Rift Tracks. <laughs> like, I, I don't... Yeah. The one, the one like seemingly glaring gap, I think that would be a good MST. Uh, personally, I think that I know is in the public domain is Night of the Living Dead. 
Mm. Well, we've seen that on Rift Tracks. Yeah, I, it's just I I think that that uh that could have been like that is one movie that is good and they wouldn't have to pay for. <laughs> yes, the thing is though, I think uh, I've only seen the movie through Rift Tracks. Um, mm. It's an incredibly boring movie. They have to come that up with a lot true. of stuff to talk about. There's a lot of times where there's no dialogue or anything. Yeah, I would say uh, most of the movies that they cover on MSC are pretty boring. <laughs> Some of them have a lot going on, though. Yeah, that's true. true. Even if it's boring. Oh my god, Stunts. I just watched Gorgo for the first time. <laughs> you remember Gorgo, everyone? Yes. No, I don't. Tell me so about Gorgo. Gorgo in the, was a 1970s movie made in Ireland that yeah. was supposed to be their version of Godzilla. Yeah. Gorgo's an Irish Godzilla who lives in uh, the, yep. the uh, uh, channel between Ireland and England. Yes. So Ugh. in this one and a half hour long movie, they go to an Irish village where all the fish are dying because of some mysterious explosion and go and find that there's actually a giant lizard in the ocean. And then they capture the lizard and then they find out the lizard was just a baby and the real lizard is the giant lizard mother that's going to come and try to get her baby back. And then the giant lizard comes and destroys London and then they fight off the giant lizard and send the baby back all in this like very short movie and it just races along. <laughs> They're trying to get so much done. Yeah. Um, now is is the move would you think the movie would be worth watching without the riffing? Um, I don't know. I've, apparently Leonard Malton gave it a pretty good review in his movie guide, <laughs> hmm. which is very funny also because he sucks so bad <laughs> at making movie guides, but he still does it for a living somehow. Uh, He's probably dead now. Is he dead now? Probably. I don't think so. He's not that old. He just seems old. Yeah. <laughs> He's been old for my entire life. Yeah. That's true. Uh, that's just that's kind of a an air that movie critics give off in general anyway though isn't it he's yeah, not he's dead he yeah. is 70 years old okay um so yeah i i hmm i love the idea of the, all right this week's movie is the british godzilla knockoff that came out yeah. seven years after godzilla mm -hmm. yeah Excellent. <laughs> you should watch it. It's on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I would have to. It looks like the rights expired, so it was only ever aired twice on the same day. Yeah, that's why I had never seen it before. That's one of the reasons I wanted to go back and do this, like, watching through every episode, is because, A, I wanted to see if there was any continuity at all. There's not. Uh, and B, I wanted, I know that there are several episodes that I either didn't watch or watched only once, um, and haven't seen since, so. Mm. I'd forgotten how weird Devilfish was as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so many Italian people pretending to be Floridians. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Devilfish is about a company that genetically engineers a shark with tentacles. Whoa. Very yeah. Good. <laughs> That's really creepy. <clears throat> like yeah, a, it's dumb. That would be like a genuinely chilling concept if it was made by, I don't know, like good filmmakers. Yeah, they yeah. steal the thing from Dragon Ball Z where uh, every cell of his body can completely regenerate into a new version of him. Is that from Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm, I don't know if they originated it, but that was the main thing about the villain Cell. Oh, that's is that why his name is Cell? Uh, there's a few reasons why his name is Cell, but that's one of them, yes. Mm, can you tell me the others, and enumerate them? 
I can, but not on this show because okay. it would be boring. So Sorry. instead, I will say, Louisa, what would you like to? Uh, what have you talked about? What are you going to talk about? Louisa, oh take God. it away. <laughs> oh, I felt bad, but you were having a real hard time there, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> your, it's true. You and your little uh, toss, toss to me. Uh, anyway, toss salad and scrambled eggs. Yeah, you're the blues of Colin. So yep. this week, I started watching the television show Loki. Oh, yes. Have we all been watching that? I'm only two episodes in, just to let I've you know. I've only watched the first episode. Uh, I have watched all four episodes, so we've got the full spectrum here. Right. No one has only watched three episodes, though. <laughs> That's true. So, there's supposed to be six in this season, is that right? Like, there's going to be six total? Uh, I thought it was eight or ten, but maybe it is six. Oh. Anyway, we are roughly halfway through now with what has aired, but none of us have seen that much. Um, Except for Jeff. I think I like it okay, but I don't love it. What do you guys think? Do you find it difficult to take Owen Wilson seriously? <laughs> a little bit, but I kind of like his guy that he's being. Yeah, he's I like his guy. It's weird because I feel like most of the actors in the show are, like, hamming it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Owen Wilson is so charismatic compared to them. Yes, that's true. Yeah, he seems like he's he's in a different movie than everyone else. <laughs> Although in the first episode and in the second one, there's a moment where Loki finds something out, and it emotionally breaks him for just a second. And in those moments, I'm like, "Shit, Tom Hiddleston is way too good of an actor to be on this yes, show." That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying: it feels like Tom Hiddleston is in a drama, and mm-hmm. Owen Wilson is in a Wes Anderson movie, and everyone else is in a comic book movie. <laughs> I I kind of like that uh that strange juxtaposition. I think that that uh sort of highlights the inherent goofiness of all of the stupid Thor characters. <laughs> That's true, but it feels like this is trying to be a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy style thing, but then they still want to make it cool. Yeah, that's like, true. I want, yes. I really want them to lean into how, like, goofy and silly the idea is of the most powerful organization in all of, like, the universe and time and whatever is just a boring bureaucracy with with no yeah, agenda. they don't like, quite want to lean into that. You're right. Yes, and if they did, it could be very funny, but I don't think they want to be funny. And as a result, it's kind of boring, which is why I haven't watched any more episodes. <laughs> I'm a little bit annoyed that, um, aesthetically, they went in a really interesting direction, I think. They made this uh, this bureaucracy that's sort of out of time and space extremely 70s yeah. yes. in, in aesthetic, which I really like for the buildings. That looks really cool. But they kind of chickened out because they don't quite want to dress their characters in 70s clothes because they think that would look bad. So, like, they don't have wide ties, which they really should. They should, yes. though. They won't go that far. <laughs> mm, but Tom Hiddleston looks so good in that uh, tan windbreaker. <laughs> yes, but he has that super skinny tie that's very 60s. Uh, the extremely good, I can never remember the actor's name, the guy from Other Space. Eugene Cordero. Thank you. Eugene Cordero is an absolute gem. Yes. And the sh- like he is doing the comedy that I wish mm-hmm. the whole series was. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, it, like yeah, if he was wearing more 70s clothes it would only add to how great his whole performance is. <laughs> oh. But the the 
the moment in the first episode where he reveals that he wasn't born but was created by some other like dimensional being in order to just be a file clerk mm-hmm. and has never had any experience other than being a file clerk and loki says I'm, if you don't help me i'll gut you like a fish and he says what's a fish yeah. <laughs> it's very good oh my god that was the best that was like the only moment where I was like, okay, this show is actually extremely good, but the rest of it was boring. I'm assuming because of the type of show it is and the type of uh, entertainment we have nowadays, I'm assuming that there's going to be a gigantic twist somewhere near the end of the series, so I'm mm-hmm. always looking for clues. And- well, there was a twist at the end of the first episode, which I think is the main reason I stopped watching, because I was like, aha, uh-huh, the twist, is- yep, no, I know, the twist is going to be, yep, it's got, oh, it- yep, it was. <laughs> uh, there is an interesting turn at the end of the fourth episode that uh, I have found more intriguing than anything previously, uh, because it's so in weird and fun. Uh, no, in the show. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, Matt, you have not you've not met the uh breakout star character of the show. Uh that's interesting. I think maybe I have just cuz I've seen people talk about stuff. Yeah. Um but nothing's happened with them yet. They have just barely been introduced. Yeah. Is it the ship of Theseus? <laughs> yes. No, not yet. Well, mm-hmm. it's, listen, it's part of the ship of Theseus. <laughs> but the thing, the thing about it is, it gets complicated. Hold right on. right now, it's just a plank of wood. But when I put it into this slot on the ship of Theseus, then it will be part of the ship. How wild is it that the breakout star of WandaVision genuinely is the classical philosophical concept of the ship of Theseus? <laughs> I mean, that uh, is... People get excited about uh, common philosophical concepts because they've never heard of them. And yeah. then when they yeah. do hear about them, they're like, oh, this is smart, actually. Yeah. I mean, that is... I, I think that makes sense being, uh, like, that's the thing about robots and, like, if humans become robots is at what point do we stop being people and are just machines? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like what happened was... Isaac Asimov wrote a bunch of robot stories based on the philosophy, the philosophical question of the ship of Theseus, and then generations of sci-fi authors iterated upon Isaac Asimov's ideas about robots, and then the makers of WandaVision were like, yeah, but robots, have you thought about it in terms of ship of Theseus? And like, yeah, that's the whole thing. WandaVision did the smart thing, which everyone wanted to do ever since Asimov, which is, what if these robots fucked? I mean, that's true. (laughs) Asimov didn't make them sexy enough, and that's why we don't care about his work anymore. Yeah. Is WandaVision the horniest MCU product, even though it's still fairly unhorny? Maybe. Because they won't let anyone be horny. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok is is hornier than you give it credit for. That's true. Okay, that's true. I mean... The, the sexual powerhouse trio of extremely muscular, um, what's his face? Chris God Hemsworth. Damn it, I'm so bad at names. Yes, thank you. Uh, with, um. Tessa Thompson? Uh, t- no, that wasn't one of the ones oh. I was going to say, but okay, yes, that's true. Also, her being very drunk and violent does it for people. <laughs> um, I was going to say Mark Ruffalo, uh, nah. being sort of a befuddled, but like sweet, charming man. I guess. Uh, I don't think I then- like Mark Ruffalo. He's very irritating. Okay, that's fine. That's what's uh, that's what's then, good about him. <laughs> most importantly, um, uh, fucking Kate Blanchett, J- Jurassic Park. Oh shit, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Thank See, you. the thing is, I didn't even say all the other ones because there's a ton of them. 
that yes, people love true. and find super sexy, yeah. but none of them are really getting to let loose. But you're right, Jeff Goldblum does a really good job. Jeff Goldblum weird, is the horniest character in the whole MCU. Yes, Ooh. Yes. By a huge mm. margin. He literally suggests orgies a couple of times <laughs> in that movie. I would say textually he is the horniest character, but from the audience perspective, I really think it might be that weirdo that Benicio Del Toro p- plays. What are you saying? We only uh, seen for a minute, don't we? Yeah, he yeah. seems like such a pervert, though. <laughs> I don't think pervert and horny are the same thing, necessarily. He's like, yes, you can't ha- you can't touch my collection of stones and, and duck men. He does own several women. Yeah! Great. That is That is something that a true space pervert does. <laughs> I'm trying to think of examples to talk about, but I've realized he's fused entirely in my mind with the character that he plays in Star Wars. Which is also yeah, a very guy. got a very strong sexual energy to him, unlike everything else in Star Wars. <laughs> well, Yoda is the horniest character in Star Wars, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's the twist of Mandalorian Season 3. We're going to find out that there's a thousand baby Yodas, because Yoda was just boning down the whole time. <laughs> Well, he had to find a way that he could reproduce w- with a race that he was genetically compatible with. <laughs> so he had to fuck every race in the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, that's... that's what Guardians of the Galaxy should have been, and it wasn't, because they wouldn't let it. Yeah, it should have been it's... much hornier than it is. Yeah. It is weird how much Disney is precious with the idea of these hyper-violent space criminals not ever talking about or, like, referencing being horny. Yeah. Like, even in um, Deadpool, I guess they do make quite a few sexual references in Deadpool. But they're, like, aggressive. There's never an idea of desire. We read a great article about this, but there's never an idea of desire that's allowed in superhero movies anymore. Um, It's... The the Fox X-Men films, I think, have an undercurrent of, like, longing and horniness that now that Disney owns the X-Men property is going to be completely eliminated from the franchise. Uh, I hate it. Is this is that only because of um the whole like extremely horny love triangle with Wolverine and Jean Grey and Cyclops? That's definitely part of it. Um I will say Deadpool has in addition to a bunch of crass sex jokes for the R rating, like does depict, I think, one of the better, like, romantic relationships in a superhero movie. Uh, like I do find it very interesting that in the first Deadpool movie, in this movie where they're trying to establish how, like, cool and tough Deadpool is, I guess, uh, one of the very first scenes you see of him is a pegging scene with him and his girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just kind of, like, does a montage of their relationship, including all of the weird sex stuff that they try, and uh, Morena yeah. Baccarin and I Ryan just... Reynolds are just so charming that you, like, really, you get pulled in. I just specifically that one I felt like was a kink that people who make movies would think would be too dangerous to the machismo of your superhero yeah. character. Yeah. Like Batman eating pussy. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's exactly that same vibe. And I was yeah. very surprised and I was like, you know what? Good. Like I if this is a kink that needs more attention. Good. That's a good thing that that's in this movie, I suppose. Do you yeah. think Disney would let Deadpool eat pussy in a movie? Yes. Okay. In a movie? No. 
Ooh. Wait, Disney, they, no. They, I think they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They would let it be implied that he had done it, but they wouldn't allow you to even see the end of a scene where he was doing it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see him, like, uh, pop from the bottom of the frame into frame and, like, wipe his mouth with the back of his hand or something. I don't think so. But you would, like, maybe get a, a, him making a rude gesture with his fingers and tongue. Yes, okay. definitely that. Yeah. I'm surprised that already hasn't already happened. Yeah, it might have oh, already happened. I yeah, I, I saw both yeah. of those movies, but they're uh, fun but forgettable. So, yeah. yes. <sighs> uh, anyway, okay, Loki's so. pretty good. If you like superhero stuff, if you don't like superhero stuff, I don't think it's going to be interesting enough for you. So there's that. Yeah, I love superhero stuff, and it's not interesting enough for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably watch the rest of it, but. I, I was so excited for it and then so underwhelmed by the first episode. Hmm. Uh, I would say, yeah, it is, I looked it up, it is only six episodes, so it might be worth it to stick it out if you want to see more Tom Hiddleston being befuddled and Owen Wilson looking smug. Yep. Yeah. I do like them as actors, so. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Alright, so let's get into this wiki how, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we do on this show is we go to the WikiHow Suggested Articles page and we type a random word in to see what kinds of things people are asking for advice on on WikiHow related to our random word. And the random word we got this week was mood. Mm. Sorry, can I still focus for a second, just for one second? Um, today We're recording this episode on the 4th of July and the featured articles that WikiHow is showing me are how to photograph fireworks, how to cook barbecue ribs, how to do 4th of July nails, and how to select resistance bands. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's very cute. Mm. I like the idea that maybe select resistance bands is also a patriotism thing mm. with coded language. Yeah, yeah. How to select your band of friends for the resistance exactly in for- fascistic in american government yeah in- the fascist minecraft government yeah yep the video game minecraft yep all uh, in the game minecraft uh, this this podcast takes place entirely in the video game minecraft in case anyone oh yeah that you explains all the blocks. The hell dimension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you have to trade 500 gold to one of the pigmen in the hell dimension. <laughs> Uh, okay, so anyway, the the word we got this week was mood. Yeah. Thank you, mood. Everyone remember on what? Project Runway. What? Say thank you, oh mood. yes. <laughs> now I remember. <laughs> uh, the the fabric shop is called Mood, and huh. Tim Gunn would always yell "Thank you, mood" as they were leaving the store. That's fun. And they had Tim a little Gunn store. Is a delight. Yeah, they had a store dog who was a Boston Terrier named Swatch. Oh, oh, I didn't. I, I don't so remember that, but that's cute. And Tim would talk to him sometimes, and he would run away. <laughs> Every time anyone uses a mood emoji on our Discord, Jen and I say "Thank you, mood" to each other. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. So one jumps out at me immediately that I love, but I uh-huh. think is impossible, which is how to make a mood ring. I think you need special paper that changes color with heat, and then you just put a clear plastic crystal over it. Yeah, you can uh. get thermal reactive paint. Maybe it's the paint. So I think you could just, if you got some of that paint and painted it on a piece of paper and then put some... You would need to make the ring band out of something that could, like, uh, communicate the heat. Yeah. Ones that I've seen that are, like, decent... Conduct. That's the word I needed. Conduct. Sorry. (laughs) Ones that are decent mood rings that I've seen have the uh, bezel that's open at the back, so the 
back of the plastic gem, or glass gem sometimes, touches your hand. But I know in each case, it's just a clear gem with the uh, paper or foil or whatever on the back of it. Does a mood ring always just turn one color and then stay that color? I feel like it does, in my yeah, mind. Yeah, okay. Like forever? <clears throat> no, like, when you put it on, it changes from whatever color it is when it has no heat. And then it goes up through the spectrum to whatever the temperature your body is, mm. and then just stays that color forever. Well, I think... Until you take it off again. Your fingers will change temperatures a lot, unless it's very hot or very cold. So I think you might look down and it might be a different color and you feel excited about, like, oh, it knows my mood. But that's just because your fingers are... your circulation isn't perfect. (laughs) Like, I think Mm. that's how fingers work. (laughs) So if you smoke a lot of cigarettes, it gets colder and colder over the course of the day? Yeah, unless it's your cigarette-holding hand that Mm, you use, and then it gets hotter. Mm-hmm, because you just hold the cigarettes until they burn down and hurt your fingers. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you feel alive. That's how you smoke, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, I want to talk so much about this one, and uh-huh. I hope that everyone is on the same page as me. How to play the mood game for theatrical kids. Now, mm. I was in theater for a long time. Jeff, yes. I know you were as well. Sure. Do you know what the mood game is? I have no goddamn clue what the mood game <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I've never heard of the mood game. Huh. Jeff has a degree in theater. I have almost a degree in theater. <laughs> I don't know what this is, yeah. and I love that I love that this is phrased as for theatrical kids. Yeah, that it's like, like like a grandparent who's accepting but is trying to talk about their child their grandchild being gay without saying the word yes. gay. <laughs> this kid just shows up at my house wearing a neck ruff and holding a skull. <laughs> I want to I uh, I want to play a mood game with my mm, how do you say it? Theatrical kid? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's gotta be one of those ones where you just, they yell a mood to you and you have to try to act it real good so you can improve your acting, right? That's, I don't think that's a thing. That's like, that would only re- reinforce the worst uh, instincts mm. in an actor. Well, I mean, there's a lot of methods to learn acting. I feel like in some of them they'd be like, happy, sad, while someone's throwing beanbags at you. <laughs> That's yeah. literally a joke at the beginning of The Imposters of how bad <laughs> actors they are that they do that to each other. No, but it, I feel like people would teach that, though. Maybe, but they're bad at teaching acting is my point. Well, sure, people don't... Th- th- these people asking these questions are one step below knowing how to do this bad thing. <laughs> that's where uh, we're at. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, theatrical kids is just so good. It's such a good phrase. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I want to look at, well, there's a bunch that are like, uh, that are all very similar, like how to improve your mood, how to deal with moody men, how to get your wife in the mood, how to get a woman in the mood, uh, how to tell when a snake is in the mood for breeding. Jeff, that, that series of things you said, all the same as if they were all related, Mm -hmm. but it was a fucking roller coaster. No, they're all the same. How to deal with moody men and how to tell if your snake is in the mood for mating (laughs) are so wildly different. No, those are actually the same thing. (laughs) A moody man. How to deal with a moody man? Point out that his snake is in the mood for breeding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh huh. 
Oh, God. How to improve your mood? Always drink a glass of water and have a snack and see if that helps, because sometimes it really does. I also find that um, if you're if you have if you're in a bad mood, taking time outside of your house, just like looking at things around you, like walking through a park or something is hugely helpful in terms of perspective. Yes, that's true. Um, How do you deal with a moody man? I feel like the answer is to just dump him. Jack him off. (laughs) Whoa, Those yeah. are the two opposite <laughs> opinions I think we've got there. I guess if you are the moody man, then take Jeff's yeah. option. Um, moody doesn't necessarily mean, like, being an asshole. He might just be a little hungry. I mean, that's true, but I imagine... If you describe your man as a moody man, yeah. I'm imagining that this is the kind of man who, like, you never know if he's going to be bringing you flowers or... Throwing a toaster through the window. Mm. Yes. See, I'm imagining he's a blues singer. You're thinking of the moody blues, Jeff. That's okay, sorry. Oh, if he damn. starts reciting boring freeform poetry near a window, <laughs> yes. that's how you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's how you know that he's the moody blues? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Ooh, how do you talk to a moody teen? Don't. Yeah, don't bother. They don't want you to, and you don't want to, so just everyone wins. <laughs> Hold on, Jeff can't say don't, because this is Jeff's job. Uh, yeah, and usually when a teen is moody, I do the minimum amount of talking to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does it which, help? Uh, I feel like it helps. No, not usually. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to. Yeah, it's... it's. I just... I'll, I'll talk to them to find out, like, hey, you seem like you're having a bad day, are you okay? Uh, no response. Uh, I just, like, just let me know if you're gonna do schoolwork today. Uh, and I can usually get a a thumbs up or a thumbs down out of, out of a simple question like that. Um, it'd just be nice, I think, is how to talk to a moody teen is like, don't focus on trying to change their mood and, uh, don't treat their mood as if it is, um based on nothing or stupid because you might understand uh, from an adult perspective that that is uh seems true but when you are a teenager everything feels really big all the time and i feel like there is a certain toxicity to the adult tendency to be like "Mm, moody teens like they yeah their stuff doesn't really matter because it teaches you as a teen to like not trust your own emotions. Like, yeah. if you feel a certain way, that's valid. And, like, you know, obviously people overreact to things, but I think that a lot of times if you're feeling strongly about something, then it's worth exploring that feeling and, and not dismissing it as invalid immediately yeah. because you're a teen. Learning how to process feelings does not involve step one as uh, deny that you have them. Right. Yeah. Or have somebody else belittle you for, oh, your feelings are too big or too complicated. Yeah. Which sucks. And is, like, I mean, it's the same sort of thing as, like, body shaming women. It's, like, such an ingrained part of the humor of our society that, like, you don't even know that you are taking it on board. Yeah. Um, how do anyway. you inculcate good moods? Hmm. Why is that the word they use? Yeah! I was wondering yeah. that, too. <laughs> Uh, like, no wonder there's no article about it. You use the word inculcate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
how? Yeah, why? Hmm. I'm gonna look up what inculcate means just to. to I know, but I want I to say everyone else. <laughs> to to instill with. It's like habits, right? Something to do with habits. Uh. uh to instill by persistent instruction. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Now that that takes on a whole different meaning now, actually, because like instilling something or someone with a good mood makes sense, but instilling it by persistent instruction, like how do you teach someone to have a good mood is a good question. Yeah, I think you need to make sure they don't have any problems in their life. Mm. Step one. I don't. I think that that's a dangerous to be like. Well, you can only be in a good mood if you if you have no problems at all. Well, I think you you can only be in a persistent good mood if you have no problems. Well, I, I don't think that's true. Here's the thing, though. There's plenty of people with no problems that are not in a good mood. Yeah, and there are plenty of people who, even though they have to overcome struggles, still try to maintain a positive outlook. Yeah. Mm. I guess. I guess I, I'm thinking more of uh, your psychological and physical needs not being met. Yeah. Creating a bad mood. <clears throat> I mean, certainly if someone's starving to death, you can't be like, buck up, pal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think as someone who uh, frequently is not having my uh, emotional needs met just because of the ways my brain works... Um, I'm still in a good mood many times, um, mm -hmm. and I think that the way you do it, uh, which has uh, has not really been uh, effective as effective for me as just uh, <laughs> distracting myself with various Skinner boxes, um, is you do like self affirmations. Uh, you stop. Okay. You stop uh, like negative self talk. Uh, and instead, like, try to, uh, tell yourself something good about yourself, uh, every day. Um, I, oh, I think... Oh, oh, oh! Guys, eat Arby's. Oh! Oh, yeah, yo! Good mood food! It's good Sorry, food. Sorry, forget about Problem that. Problem solved. Eat Arby's. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about Arby's. Yeah, you it's, go get a... like a shortcut. Get, get the, like, five for five dollars beef and cheddar and eat all of those. Yeah. And then you'll be in the worst mood of your life. <laughs> but and then it's only up from there. If if you survive the toilet the next day, you will be in such a good mood. <laughs> like in Fight Club where they punch that guy and they threaten to shoot him and then they're like tomorrow will be the best day of your life. Exactly like in Saw, how once you escape the Saw trap, you'll have a lust for life again. Yep. yep. Uh, the no. saw trap in this case is eating, uh, five sandwiches from Arby's in one sitting. When are they gonna put that in a Saw movie, huh? The choice is yours, Fuck. live or die. If you told me, guys, <laughs> if you told me Arby's had decided to sponsor a movie for the first time, uh -huh. and the movie they sponsored was a Saw sequel, yeah. that would be so fucking funny. <laughs> I would love that so much. Now, oh, I my. I would want there to be traps involving Arby's products, but I know what it would be is... At most, shave your butt off with the meat shaver. Exactly. <laughs> At most, it would be use Arby's equipment to uh, cut your eyeballs out or whatever, or or, uh, or it would just be uh, some of the characters are eating Arby's and talking about how delicious Arby's is in between the torture scenes. Mm -hmm. Do you think Arby's has ever sponsored a movie? Uh, how would you even find that out? 
Yeah, I'm gonna type question. Arby's product placement. Is Arby's ever sponsored a movie? I spelled sponsored and uh, <laughs> Arby's. <laughs> no, I it changed has to was for some reason, so it became was Arby's ever sponsored a movie? <laughs> uh, there's an Arby's gift card that plays a major plot point in Fuller House. <laughs> oh, no! that's de- that's <laughs> that's. <laughs> Definitely product placement. Incredible. Oh, it's fantastic. Fuck. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I think that oh, Sonic... a reference to Arby's on the boys. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, I don't think it's in a positive light, though. <laughs> uh, I think Sonic the Hedgehog 2 should replace their Olive Garden sponsorship with Arby's. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, yeah. It's Arby's not- seems more likely to serve a chili dog. That's all I'm saying. That's true. They're not. You know what? You know what's fucked up. The the uh, chain most likely to serve a chili dog is Sonic, and they didn't get that product placement. Yeah, that's wild. Well, you couldn't have Sonic sponsor a Sonic the Hedgehog movie because it would just be too confusing. No, or they would it be wonderful. <laughs> what are you saying? How would they how would they reference the chain Sonic in the movie to make it clear that they weren't talking about the character Sonic? They could figure it out. Sonic restaurants. It's not really a restaurant, is it? It's, yeah, that's the problem, Louisa. This is what I'm saying. The full name of the chain is Sonic Drive-In, which you're not going to think is a hedgehog. Uh, but I'd be like, Sonic is driving in the new movie? Fuck yeah, I'm he watching does. that. He does, it pays <laughs> off. Uh, yeah, I, I googled uh, Sonic Drive-In Sonic movie, and uh, it's all people being like, why was there not a Sonic Drive-In in the Sonic movie? <laughs> like, they did so much product placement, why not that one? Yeah, really. Yeah. Chili dogs. I find this quite uh, sweet. How to set the mood for a romantic bath. Oh. Ooh, I have an answer. Mm-hmm. Candles are a good idea because you're in the bathroom. There's not really a danger of fire. Yep. You know what's a bad idea, though? Flower- Electric heaters. <laughs> Flower petals in the water. I fucking hate that. They stick to your wet body. That's the fucking worst. Yes. Yeah. You should only have flower petals covering your nude body in the <laughs> fantasies of a movie character's mind. Let's not remember too much about yeah, which movie. We're not going to remember the the <laughs> specifics of the plot or who played that character. Wow, I literally have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got partway into the sentences and was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, I think I know what we're talking yeah. about now. Uh I had a, okay, this is unrelated to anything at all, but I do want to talk about it in relation to the reference that Jeff just made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a very wild dream the other day that I was on Jeopardy, uh, and the final question was, what actor played the murderer in Donnie Darko? Okay, I haven't seen Donnie Darko. Was there a murderer in Donnie no! Darko? <laughs> There's no murderer in Donnie Darko. And I just remember, like, the dream was so anxiety-inducing, because I'm sitting there like, fuck, was there a murder? There was a murder in American Beauty. Uh, That was a related film in that they were both about suburban angst. (laughs) Uh, I guess you could argue that Jake Gyllenhaal plays the murderer in that via time travel he murders himself, sort of? I hear what you're saying, but he doesn't... don't like it. (laughs) Like... He doesn't necessarily intentionally... He, at best, accidentally manslaughters himself. 
I think that we could convince the prosecutor to go after the harder, the stronger charge. <laughs> anyway, that is that is not important. But I just, it's so wild that my mind, first of all, <laughs> recalled Donnie Darko, which I don't think I've seen since it was in theaters. Yeah, <laughs> and then made up a thing, an unanswerable question. I like, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Uh, I did not particularly care for that movie when I watched it as a teenager. My mom loved it. I feel like I might want I might like it better now. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I should try it again. It's weird, just this year, 2021, I've heard several people talk about what a good movie it was. So it's getting like some kind of weird resurgence. Hmm. Uh, is it is somebody somehow beaming that into my brain while I'm sleeping? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I, I think some of the, like, the looking back on it, uh, has gone better for Donnie Darko than for, like, similar edgy turn-of-the-century movies like Fight Club or American Psycho. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm. How to use palm therapy to change your mood. Is palm therapy that thing where you, like, press on different parts of your hand? or No, that's, like, reflexology or something. I think they might be the same thing, though. Yeah, they like, seem the similar. Like, the idea that parts of your hand uh, correlate to other parts of your body. I do find that if you, like, gently massage the part between your thumb and your forefinger, mm-hmm. uh, it really helps your mood if you've been typing a lot. Yeah. And your hands really hurt from typing. The thing is, I think a lot of these therapies, the, the what they're getting at obliquely is human connection. Because if you have another person giving you a hand massage, I think that is going to improve your mood. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's not where they touch. Now, it's that you're is hand massage the touch code for person. jerking someone off? No, not, not this okay. time. <laughs> not this time, but later and previously. <laughs> Usually, yes, but this time, no. Uh, I like that two of these are about uh, going to a specific place. Uh, pl- how to plan a day at Moody Gardens in Galveston, mm. Texas, and how to enjoy Galveston, Texas's Moody Gardens. <laughs> you know what's weird? You know how sometimes the universe seems like it's curved towards you and things that are happening just to you? Yeah. Just yesterday uh, on Macedon, on social media, I saw someone post photos from the uh, Moody Gardens, which I've never heard of before in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of them either until I read this. Yeah. I do like the idea that these two questions were asked by the same person at different points in their vacation. <laughs> Which came first? Like, they were like, ooh, I'm gonna plan a day at Moody Gardens. I wonder how to do that. Oh, there's no advice. I guess I'll just sort of wing it. And then they got to Moody Gardens and they're like, oh, shit. I need to figure out how to enjoy this. This is not good. <laughs> yeah, I already paid and there's a sign cost fallacy involved. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Man. Um... I like some of these uh, that are, they're sort of related. How to improve your mood, how to, um, tracking bipolar moods, uh, how to deal with mood disorders, um, you know. Can you get a notebook and those little stickers with happy all the way through franny faces and use those? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just use Mr. Yuck stickers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I used an app called Pixels for a while that just lets you assign basically a one. Th- no, sorry, Jeff, that was an Adam Sandler movie. Sorry, oh, I used. That's why it made you feel so bad. Yeah, I used an Adam Sandler movie called Pixels to track my mood for a while, and it let you just assign a like one through five to your mood, and it had a color associated with each number, so you could look at the calendar, and it would have like a color gradient of your moods. But it only gave you two moods, which were angry and bored. <laughs> yep. Josh Gad is in this? <laughs> uh-huh. That's just question marks. Yeah. Uh, how did they get the creator of Pac-Man to cameo in this movie as one of the oh, moods? God. Yeah. Ugh. One of these is how to deal with mood swings from progesterone t- treatments, which I think is something you go through as part of the, like a transgender thing, right? Uh, probably oh, also hormone. menopause. Yeah, it's hormone mm. replacement, so it would be involved with all those, yes. All I can say is, like, that is tough, man. Yeah. The (laughs) thing about moods... More power to you. Even before when I was talking about improving your mood by, like, having a snack, the thing about moods is, when you're in them, you're like, no, this is not related to any external things. (laughs) Yeah. This is happening in my mind, and it is more real than anything in the entire world. And then you have a snack, or you get your hormone levels in a different area, and then you're like, oh, wait, no, it wasn't. Yeah, I was just hungry, actually. (laughs) Sometimes I gaslight myself with this, though, because I'll be like hey, sorry I'm really cranky, my back really hurts today. And as I'm saying it, I feel like I'm lying or, like, making an excuse of, like, mm-hmm. like trying to get out of, like, being held accountable for my feelings or whatever. Yeah. But it is really that my back hurts or that I'm hungry or whatever. Yeah. Like, we convince ourselves that we are above it, but if you just let yourself realize that you are subject to the chemical processes of your body... You maybe don't have to take all the blame for yourself? Yeah. We never let ourselves do that, though. It's true, because you want to believe that you're a brain in a jar. Yeah, exactly. Being tortured by a demon, by being shown all of these visions of real life. (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. Uh, The funniest part about that now is that I think that being a brain, knowing that I was a brain in a jar being tortured by a demon, I would be like, Phew, thank goodness. Yeah, it really takes the pressure off. <laughs> like, compared to the world we live in right now, where the ocean is literally on fire. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> At least someone else is in charge of my my torture visions. Uh, now, what do you imagine when you imagine the demon who's torturing you? Uh, I imagine a lot of, like, boils and pus on a on a greenish face. Oh, like interesting. More like character, mm. I think. Huh. Louisa, what's what's your demon in your head? Uh, shiny red, sort of a pig man, sort of the deviled ham logo guy. I was going to say, does he give you deviled ham? <laughs> he might. <laughs> uh, I was imagining like a little cartoon demon, like almost like oh. the, the little demon enemy who holds a fork from Dragon Quest. Mm, uh, yes. And he's definitely red with purple highlights. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. We've got some good demons going here. Yep. So if you want to tell us about your dream demon. Dreamin'. You can. Dreamin', thank you. <laughs> you can message us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. Uh, or you can join our Discord and talk to us about your dream demons uh, by messaging us on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. Uh, you can find all of my information on how to contact me on the website weaponslanguage.com, where uh, other episodes of the show are hosted and other episodes of other podcasts I've made are also hosted. 
Nice. You can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Alrighty. Well, everyone, if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about it. And please obviously come back next week. But in the meantime, guys, we can't keep doing this. You better eat those donuts. Eat your donuts! (laughs) 